Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Hello and welcome to Stimming and Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. And I am, of course, I'm always glad to be here with you guys because um, you guys support me so, so much. And of course, as I normally do, I have a great guest on today. Um, you're going to love her. Uh, we just met and I already love her. <laughs> her name <laughs> is Erica Joy Baker. Hi, Erica. How are you? Hey, um, I'm great. Um, thanks for having me, Dr. Tasha. Really excited to be here and to have a good chat with you. Uh, just, yeah, looking forward to talking. I promise you. Um, that's one thing that uh, you don't have to worry about it. My mama say I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> Whose mom doesn't say that, honestly? I think it's like it's, you go to mom school and they tell you that's one of the first things I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's I like, think so. You talk too much. Yeah. Mine was you ask too many questions. Uh, you know, but maybe that's a, a STEM, a, a precursor to your your fabulous STEM career after that. Right? Maybe, maybe. Is that what it, I think, I don't know, that that might be a great research question for those of us who are still in school and who mm-hmm. are, you know, that's a, we put it out there first, though. We want the credit. Yeah, yeah. Just, that's us. Saying. That's us. Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> and me, I, I, I feel it, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> So um, as we begin every single show, um, Mm -hmm. Erica, tell us your STEM story. Oh, man, my STEM story. Um, So my STEM story is kind of, first of all, let me just say that I I call myself old, you know, uh, (laughs) I've been doing this for a long time. Um, And so that to say, like when I, my STEM story started back around 1987, Um, my mom was in the air force and she worked in combat plans and logistics and she had a computer and she would plot me on the computer next to her while she was at work. And I would just be like poking at stuff. You know, this is back in the day when like, this is before windows. Um, yeah, like this is, yeah, this is back, you know, like old school um oh, back in yeah okay in the I, I day say, well we're not gonna we're not gonna claim old season. i mean i claim it at season i'll go with season. i like season seasoned okay. very good very good very good all right well I'm so she started you out on the computer in her office yeah and it was an accident it was like the computer was a babysitter and you know she you know put me there and this is the time i it was either basic or cube basic that i was poking around in and so it's like 10 print 20 go to get like wow. old school. Yeah. But you know, seven year old, like that's really easy. You know, like I, for some reason understood the logic of it and I was just very fascinated by it. At that point I was like very much on the, I'm going to be a lawyer track. <laughs> um, and, and so because I took so well to the computer, my mom got one for our house and I was there playing Oregon trail and Carmen San Diego and doing, yeah, like the, on the computer all the time. That was a, probably the start of the addiction habit. I don't know how you want to call it. Um, but, you know, my mom had me on the computer at the house. And so I got super familiar with them and comfortable with them. And because of that, um, 
when we moved to Alaska, that's a whole story. Um, I was in school and my uh, teacher was like, we need to send somebody to go to this hypercard, uh, hypercard training thing. Hypercard. We're teaching kids about hypercard. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, you know, computers, you go to this thing. Um, and I did, you know, it was weird because we, you know, I, we were living on an air force base in Alaska and they had to put me in a taxi because Alaska is very spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they put me in a taxi, my 10 year old self. I don't I think to do how, that today. How old were you in a taxi by yourself? 10 years old in a taxi by myself. They put me in the taxi by myself and sent me off to like this little thing. I think somebody met me at the other end of the taxi ride. But um, I went and learned HyperCard and that was it. That was like, oh, lawyer, what, where, who? No, that's not what we're doing. Um, <laughs> wow. That yeah. is am- well, actually, that's a pretty amazing story. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, because I keep thinking, well, this could be nobody else's story, but like, let's just establish that. That's true. Right? So you, I feel like I have questions about this trip to Alaska, like you yeah. living in Alaska, especially because, yeah. you know, we have, we have a picture and a view of what we think Alaska is. Mm-hmm. And it is not. Snowshoes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sled dogs. <laughs> Please tell us that it is, it is similar or not at all similar to what our vision of Alaska is. So it's not, let me, let me say this in parts of Alaska, it is similar to that vision. But igloos are like makeshift shelters that some tribes up there use sporadically when like they have to. But like most people live in houses in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, there are snowshoes generally mostly for fun. Mm. Um, there are dogs generally mostly because people race and compete with them. Gotcha. Like, I, that's, like, that's my understanding of the site. Like, no, I, I never lived out in the bush. That's what it's called in Alaska. There are the cities, which are Juneau, Anchorage, Fairbanks. You might count Valdez, which is much smaller, Cordova. You know, there are the more populated areas. But out outside of those areas is the bush. Okay. And so in the bush, I don't know what goes on, but I lived in a city. I lived mm-hmm. in, when I was younger, we moved to Ileson Air Force Base because my mom and dad were in the Air Force. Um, mom got, after she and my dad divorced, got stationed at Ileson. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is how I lived in Alaska. Um, got you. We were closest to a city called Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. Population like 50 to 60,000, depending on the year. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now you're in a taxi. Mm-hmm. Somebody meets you at the other end mm-hmm. and you decide to, to just, you know, it's not, it's not lawyering for you. It's, it's no, computers. it's the computers for me. Um, yeah. So at that point I was just like pretty, pretty addicted to them. I was just like, Oh, I love this because hypercard uh, for those who don't know, is like kind of a precursor to like the modern hypertext markup language, like the whole mm-hmm. the idea of like linking things to one another. Um was 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 part of hypercard and so i got really into that idea i did a presentation on the hope diamond and so i had like this whole like page written and like if you click the link in the page like it would start a laser disc yes laser disc oh wow uh, a laser disc 
uh, movie about the Hope Diamond and then it would stop it at a certain point and yada, yada, yada. It was a whole thing. Oh, you did. You did the whole thing. Like I did the whole thing. Wow. You. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so when you say, (laughs) you know, because there's some people who say, yeah, I'm addicted. Mm -hmm. But no, I think you really meant you really mean that. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) so after that, I was on a computer all the time. Um, And, and, you know, like just doing like little kitty stuff. Um, There is a point where I learned about Gopher. Like we got a computer with a modem in it. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I was on Gopher, like connecting to stuff, like looking, researching stuff. Wow. Yeah. So you Um, were doing it's, it's like you were doing data science before it was called data science. You were doing all that stuff, just doing all the things. Uh, all the things I don't know if I'd call it data science I was just doing like I mean when I say research I mean like gopher connected to library systems and so I was like looking mm. up like various you know at that time I was living in Alaska one which is pretty isolated because it takes an eight-hour flight to get to anywhere from Alaska so we're pretty isolated wow and uh and I had just my encyclopedias I, I also wanted to say that I was like a voracious reader because I didn't have mm. nothing else to do Right. It's Alaska. It's negative 40 degrees in the winter. Like you ain't going outside. You can go outside to play. You sit in your house. Right. So I read books. Okay. And so I read all our encyclopedias and I wanted more. I can't tell you how much joy it brings <laughs> me to note that I was not the only one who actually read the encyclopedias. It just oh, yeah. brings me. Brings Which me ones did you have? Did you have um, the world books or the Britannicas? No, we had the Britannicas. There you go. We had the world books. Yeah, well, we can talk about the mirrors of both. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole another. It's like the nerdy STEM queens on a yes. whole new level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we, so there are four of us in my mm-hmm. family and mm-hmm. we all had, you know, basically everybody took a letter and then you exchanged and then yeah. you, you got to the end and it was, it was required reading in our mm-hmm. It wasn't so much required for us. I love that it was required for you. For us, it's just like my mom was like, she read too much. Read read these encyclopedias over here. Get out of my face, you know, because I literally like so I used to get in trouble for reading in the shower. Like I'd finish washing. I like I have I put my book on the ledge of the shower and I'd finish washing and rinsing off. And I literally just stand in the shower. I pick up my book and stand in the water and read my book. I'm not actually mad at that. I mean, <laughs> I don't go anywhere without a book. Like I just, right. I mean, right now, now these days it's, it's my Kindle. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean just like the Kindle app on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an actual Kindle. Yep. <laughs> so, so that, that, it, and it's so funny because I actually picked my purses mm-hmm. to see, you know, if my Kindle cannot fit in my purse, I do not get that purse. Exactly. Same energy. It's like, okay, okay. can I fit my, my, my Kindle? my phone and my wallet. If those don't fit, it's a wrap on their purse. Yeah. It's not, it's not getting purchased. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Which is why I'm really sad about those tiny little Telfar bags that are so cute, but they don't fit the Kindle. So I can't get it. They don't fit the Kindle. I I promise you this, it was a birthday gift and it just, it's just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to re-gift it, but you didn't hear it from me though. I don't don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Um, Okay. So you did, you did this, you went to college. Where did we go Hmm. to college? Well, there's some part after that. Okay. 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 Gopher. I was like, cause this is, this is like, this is key. This is clutch. This is when I decided I don't want to be a CS major. Okay. When I got the internet, like not just like being able to connect to Gopher, but like the World Wide web. I remember sitting in the library at my school and me and my two friends are just sitting at this computer and we have this thing called Netscape. 
Oh, this is like the first like incarnation of a web browser, mm-hmm. like the very first Netscape. And we're on it and we're just like, I'm typing and they over my shoulder and we're just like trying to figure out where we can go. You know, the internet is ugly and bad at this point. Yeah. But like, we're just like exploring. And I was like, I love this. <laughs> I have to have more of this. And so I made my mom, because, uh, you know, I was a good kid. I didn't, I didn't get into too much trouble and I got good grades. So like my mom, if I was like asking for like nerd stuff, she would let me have my nerd stuff. So I was like, mom, can we need to upgrade our modem? We need we need a 14.4 modem immediately mm. so I could get on Netscape. And okay. so I did. And so we had that at the house and I was literally never not on the internet from that point. Well, I'm mad at this. <laughs> yeah. And I, well, at least your mother understood, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, she my, didn't. Oh but let me, you, you had what now? Well, I was just going to say like my, my mama was, my mom is in healthcare. So she mm. was just like, you talk to her about a modem and she's like, just <laughs> Tell me what I need to get. Like, I don't know what words you're saying. I don't know what they mean. But if you're saying we need it, then okay, let's let's do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, same, similar. Well, my mom would be like, okay, here's a catalog. Pick what we need. I pick it out of the catalog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then I, and then I get to install it, which is how I know how to like oh, build computers. Wow. So you yeah. just, you, it's like all the, have you built computers before? This Several. Is, I'm, I'm jumping. I'm jumping way ahead. That's okay. okay. So, so you got the you got the internet. It yep. was life changing, and you're like, "This is for sure. This is thing. my thing." I'm on GeoCities making you know little sixteen year old websites like Wow, GeoCities. Yeah. Are we dating ourselves by remembering Netscape and GeoCities? Listen, I told you that I'm seasoned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, that's 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 my that's how I started. That's that's where I came from. Wow. Making, geo cities pages i i love this i yeah. just i just love this yeah. okay so we it's, decide this is the thing this is my yeah. jam this is yeah. who i am this is yeah. me yeah going Where to classes in high school like you were taking computer classes in high school i mean it wasn't a real class like i had a math teacher and I, mr hackett i will never forget him he bless his heart got up early in the morning before school started for a not real class like all of us would come in at zero hour, that's called, and we would program our calculators, TI-83s. Mm, okay. And like, yeah. And there's like maybe 10 of us and just like, in hindsight, I think that might be the nerdiest thing I ever did in my life was to go to <laughs> school before school for no credit to program a calculator. <laughs> that might be it. I think that's it. Um, and so like that coupled with like doing the GeoCity stuff, like, it was, I was like, okay, I need to be a CS major. And so I did that for a minute. Um, and I mean, for a, a hot minute, because when I went to college, University of Miami, uh, I... Girl, you went across the world. Like, what? I mean, we came from Miami to Alaska. That's why I wanted to go back. <laughs> well, you skipped, the, you skipped that part. You went from Miami to Alaska, then from Alaska back to Miami. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it was a lot of traveling. Uh, you know, being military, you move around a lot. Like I started mm-hmm. in Germany. I was born in Germany. Mm-hmm. We moved from Ger- Germany to New Mexico, New Mexico, New Mexico to Miami, Miami to Alaska. At some point in that period of living in Alaska, I went to go live with my dad in South Carolina for a minute. So I've been all over the place. Um, but I was at UM uh, and I went to this, you know, computer science class. 
it was a big lecture. Um, I'm not going to name the professor, but I was the only black girl in there. One of two black people, the only mm-hmm. black girl. Mm-hmm. And just the way that he treated me like I shouldn't have been there, that professor, I was so disheartened. And also like the lab assistants, you know, it was just like, I I felt so like, is this really for me? Like, this is like, they keep telling me it's not for me. You know, I'm a baby. Were they blatant with it when they were literally saying, hey, why are you here? Questions like, are you sure? You know, like, Mm. uh, you know, and it's not. And and for them, like that's that's what they're used to. Like they think I'm just in there, like messing off, trying to get a a, a, a science or math credit. And then this is like I'm trying to make this my major, you know? Right. Um. And so it was just like, all right, well, I don't know. And so I was only at UM for a year. Mm-hmm. Went back to Alaska. Uh, got uh, did the a program again seasoned called microcomputer support. Uh, and I learned everything about how to be a sysadmin and I got that associate's degree and they're like, Hey, so you need to do an internship. And I was like, all right, cool. And I did it at the university. And then at the end of the intern, at the end of the internship, they're like, so do you want to work full-time? And I was (laughs) like, how much, you know, (laughs) what you paying? Uh, and it was $40,000 a year. And it, 20 years old, I had never seen that much money in my life. You mm-hmm. think 40, four zero with three zeros after that, you know, today <laughs> it's like, girl. but right. then, then it was just like, yes, please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was the start of my career started at the university of Alaska statewide. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And so, okay. So there's so much to unpack there. Um, so I'm, well, I mean, your experience at, at the um, University of Miami is mm-hmm. all too familiar, especially mm-hmm. for black and brown girls. So Unfortunately, um, you know, just the the microaggressions, the gaslighting, it's mm-hmm. all sort of the norm. Because, mm-hmm. of course, you know, I don't know if they 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 have preconceived notions about what it is they think we we can do and what our right. abilities are. Right. And those are those manifest and showcase themselves in ways that aren't um positive or healthy for us. Right. Um, and so, but I am glad that you were able to push forward um, in, in a different way. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that route, that, that obviously was not the route that you were meant to take. Right. Um, so when you started at the university of, is it, yes, the university of Alaska mm-hmm. uh, in this job, um, mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm excited for you. And it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it was an amazing first job, although, again, it had its issues, right? Like I was the only Black woman in the building. Mm -hmm. Um, And Alaska, for folks who don't know, is um, it can be somewhat conservative in some places. And Mm -hmm. so there is, you know, having to deal with people's bias about Black women about what I could do. You know, there's the, are you sure? Like, I, I want to talk to the person who really knows. It's like, it's me. I'm the person who really knows. Who really like, knows, right? I, I, yeah, it's it's me. I'm not the assistant. I'm, I'm very good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, like, there are those struggles and those challenges. Um, but it was a really cool job. 
it was a super cool job. And in, in the building we were in downstairs was the Arctic Region Super Supercomputing Center. So at that point, you know, com- computers were not what they are today. And so mm-hmm. we had giant supercomputers that were as tall as I was and just like rows of them, like next to where we kept our servers, our racks and racks of servers next door was like rows of supercomputers. And just to be down there, just to like be around them felt cool. Like I just be in there and I hear the hum and just like, this is the coolest thing ever. And also in that same building for a period of time, there existed this thing called internet too. Mm-hmm. And ARSC had one of the endpoints of internet too. So we could connect to internet too, to a bunch of other universities and it was faster than the internet. And so it was like a really cool job because I got access to all that stuff. But along with the cool comes like the, the other weird, stuff, the other stuff. Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, unfortunately, that that's a part of that's a part of a lot of um, women's stories Mm -hmm. is that, you know, we have to contend with especially um, minority women where we Mm -hmm. have to deal with um, our identity on on several levels. Right. So it's it's I'm a woman, but I'm also a minority. And I say I don't say but. I Mm -hmm. am a black woman. I am a black person and I am a woman. Two things that, that are irrefutable. Mm -hmm. Um, When I show up in a place, you see both things, (laughs) right? Exactly. (laughs) You know, there's no getting around it. You can't, there's no, you can't, you know, can't not see it. Right. Um, And so having people to um, really, people have bungled this for many years, right? Mm. Just, many, many years. And so if they're not, if they're not, you know, if they're not having to deal with one thing is the other. And mm-hmm. there's a part of me that says, well, why would you have to deal with either? Because it's right. about the job we're doing, right? right? Is it, does she have the skills? Is she, can she talk the, you know, talk the talk, walk mm-hmm. the walk? Right. Does she know the language? Is she able to help me with whatever it is my problem mm-hmm. is? And somehow or there, all of those things take a backseat to you being Black and and or you being a woman. Right. I mean, because it's it's so baked into like their understanding of human beings. I'm reading right now um, Isabel, Isabel Wilkerson's books, book called Cast. Mm-hmm. And she talks about in it how like, you know, people are so accustomed to Black people in our society playing a certain role, mm-hmm. right? Like being, you know, they are like, for them, you are supposed to be this, you know, at the bottom of the caste system. Right. And, 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 and play into that for, and if you are not, it kind of like, it kind of breaks their brain a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. they gotta, they gotta, like it causes pause. They're like, wait a second. I need to actually like, think about this. I can't run on default. Right. Um, And a question I like to ask people quite often is like, how many black people did you grow up around? And it's like, Mm. "Mm." Not so many, you know, sometimes like there was that one kid in school, but we weren't friends, you know, it's like, and how did you formulate your ideas and opinions about black people? Where did they come from? And they have to like interrogate that a little bit. And it comes from watching the news, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is skewed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Watching Mm -hmm. television also skewed. Yes. You know, several like very skewed, like biased inputs that have built their viewpoint about what I am, who I am, and what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and then when you show up as yourself, um, mm-hmm. and it and it is 
the opposite or there's something that's off yeah. in their view yeah. uh, about what, you know, because they have that narrative in their mind, then mm-hmm. and it's like, you yeah. know, it's like there's right. something wrong with, with her. Like, what's going on? She's not Claire Huxtable. Right. Well, well, she, she, she's not, she's, are you, let me, one of my jobs, I'm not going to say what she, um, I was, I guess I can say, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. When I was working at Google, there is a period where uh, I was like, we were about to release Google Notebook, like the company was. And Marissa Meyer had like talked about it publicly and whatever. And, but we hadn't released the product yet. And so at that point I messaged um, the guy who was head of like PR for Google at the time. It's like, hey, can I can I post about this, right? Like, can I can I post screenshots about this now that we've talked about it publicly? He's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I went ahead and posted them. Um, and the the team working on it was mortified. They just freaked out. Like, we haven't launched this yet. You posted a screenshot, yada yada yada. It's a big deal. And like, they were about to they they got HR like on the phone with me. Like it was, I was living in Atlanta at the time. It was six o'clock in the evening, my time, you know, three o'clock West coast time. But like they had this person call me and he's like, well, you did this and, that and third. I was like, yeah, this guy said it was okay. I'm like who? And I was like this guy. And they had to like, you know, look it up and Loma, who's that guy. And it's like, Oh, he is the head of all of our, like he is, he goes and has meetings with the CEO. Like he is the head of all our PR Right. He says, okay. It's like, yeah, I'll forward you the email. Forward you the email is fine. Um, but like I learned later that like that was a call to fire me, which is funny. Uh, but interestingly, I talked to my manager at the time and he was like, yeah, I was like, when that happened, I was so freaked out because like, you know, you were a single, you're a single mom. And I was like, hey, what? It's Whoa. like, you're a single mom. And I'm like, I don't have children. <laughs> What like, they- well, you have oh. this, you have a picture of a kid on, on, on your, on your desk. It's like, that's my nephew. I have my other nephews and he's just like, those not, not my kids, but his assumption at that moment was that I was a single mom because that is how he thought of like black women, like black, women. black woman, black woman loves a child, single mother. Right. Wow. Right. And it's like, eh, no, no, no. <laughs> That was that was a crazy situation all all together. All the way around. Yeah. Um, all the way around. Anyway. Okay. So but how did say, you, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Just, just that to say that like people um people have like their their biases. Like they don't even know they have them about like what they expect me to be, who they expect right. me to be, how they expect me to show up. And like when you know, when they show up, it's like why did you think that? And there's like brain breaks for a second. Like, ah, uh, I don't, it's, you know, it's like there's a, there's a ripple in the matrix, man. Right. There's, a, there's a ripple in the matrix and they yeah. don't know, like, are, is she the new Neo? Right. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Maybe the next matrix will be. A woman. Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, mean, you heard it here for first folks though. Yeah. Didn't the Lukowski sisters just say that uh, the Matrix was a trans story, though? Was it? Yeah, that's what they just said, which I, I kind of love. I'm just like, yeah, tell everybody. Yeah. Like all the people who are anti-trans is going to but love the Matrix are going to have to like grapple with that. 
Well, but that actually adds a really interesting wrinkle to the whole thing. So yeah. now that actually makes me want to go back and and um, rewatch all of them. Yes, Why yes. Need a reason. Do it immediately. <laughs> well, I haven't watched them, so you know that you you know I have a collection, right? Yeah, um, I have a collection, um, but I haven't watched in maybe a year. So yeah. I I feel like it's time to pull them out. Yeah, it's time to. I wonder if they're on Netflix. Are they on Netflix? I don't know. Maybe. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because I keep thinking they're gonna, you know, they have to be remastered, all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff, because it was back in the day. And then I don't, anyway, we di- we digress from the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we just go a whole place. Yeah. Okay, so catch us up. So, how did mm-hmm. you have, what was our transition to, to Google? Oh, long story, long time. So, got that job um, at the University of Alaska. At that period of time, I was married. Um, that was silly. One, I, let me not say anybody, because I can't speak for other people. I should never have been married at that age. I was too mm-hmm. young, didn't know I was doing. Uh, so that marriage didn't last long. And so when that marriage ended, I was like, what am I doing in Alaska? I don't have to be here. I hate the cold. I'm getting out as soon as I possibly can. Possibly can. So I was like, let me just apply for literally every tech job I see in the Southeast. <laughs> wow. Every single one. I, I kid you not. I don't like if. Folks go back and look at like their HR systems, assuming they kept it, the records from around I don't know, 2004. Mm-hmm. Like they, if, they, if they had a tech job opening at their company, they probably saw me apply to it. <laughs> um, and so I was just like applying, applying, applying. And I went down to uh, Atlanta to visit a friend. And like while I was there, I emailed the Home Depot recruiter and I was like, hey, just heads up. I'm in the area. I can come interview this week. You got me? And like, he happened to be a black man. And he's like, all right, I got you. Uh, you know, cause you can't, you know, sometimes like sometimes folks and companies look out. And so yeah. he was looking out. And so he like made it happen so I could come and like interview. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed while I was in Atlanta, I flew home and maybe a few days later, a week later, they're like, you got the job. When can you start? I was like, give me three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right. In Atlanta. The job was in Atlanta. In Atlanta, right. Yeah, at their headquarters. So I moved my whole self and my whole life in three weeks from Alaska to Atlanta uh, and started working at Home Depot's Network Operations Center. Wow. Um, and I was there for a while. And then I started working at this company called Scientific Games and makes lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. And then while at Scientific Games, I was just like looking at this new thing called Craigslist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. There's like poking around at it. And it's like, interesting. There's this job that says it's at Google. Surely Google does not post their jobs on some random website called Craigslist. Like, right. surely not. But I was like, let me just see what this actually is. And so I uh, so used one of my like burner email addresses, like a fake email address that I didn't mm-hmm. really care about. And I applied to the job. And the whole time, up until like I interviewed in New York, I thought it was a scam. I was like, this is not real. This is not really Google. Like I went to have one onsite interview in Atlanta and I was like, okay, maybe like I got business cards that say Google on it. It might be real, but like, and so I get to New York and I'm in like the Google building in New York interviewing. I'm like, okay, this is real. Put on your game face, Joy. Uh, <laughs> and I went in there and I like nailed my interviews and got the job at Google. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't doing engineering at that point. I was doing uh, 
they called it IT field technician, which is basically in the Atlanta office. It's like anything that plugs into the wall, they want you to like work on. So I did a combination of like desktop support and also Ooh. like uh, networking because all of Google's offices were like networked together. Um, and we had these things called OIBs, offices in a box. And so I'd have to go and like work on that. And anyway, there was a, a whole, just a whole lot of stuff happening in the Atlanta office while I was there. And I really loved it. And I'd be in Atlanta to this day, except for I had a coworker mm. who said some pretty horrible things to me. Uh, and I learned later, like after everything had like, you know, shaken out, like I ended up moving to New York because my boss was like, well, you can either deal with it or you can transfer to New York. And so I transferred to New York. Um, but they, I learned later that like, maybe that like him saying horrible thing was like a side effect of medication he was on. Okay. I don't know, but it was, he was pretty, pretty not okay to me. Wow. Um, saying things like, oh, I bet your boyfriend beats you. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa. Yeah. Like things that you just do not say to a coworker ever. Wow. Anyone period, but definitely not your coworker. Um, and so I was there for a year then I transferred to the New York office and I was in New York for a year. And then I remembered that I do not like cold and New York has snow. <laughs> right. Right. And I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to Mountain View. And so I moved to Mountain to California and worked at the Mountain View office and did that, uh, for seven years. So as the Google for total nine years and I was in, Mountain View office for about seven. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you've had, okay. So it seems to me that you've had, you have had some experiences where either your race or your ethnicity, your race, ethnicity, or your gender has been brought Mm -hmm. up as a particular point. Yep. Um, or you've had to deal, you've definitely had to deal with um, stereotypes. You've mm-hmm. had to deal with microaggressions. You've had to deal with aggression, um, aggressions, just aggressions, the macroaggressions. And, and it didn't deter your love for, you know, for, for tech. In, in no, your... no. Cause like, again, addiction is, a thing. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, don't know. I don't want to make a, a joke about addiction, but I really love tech. Um, I super, super just loved computers and I don't think there was anything that's going to stop me from working on them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I had that for me. There's a lot of folks who like, I don't know if I would do like, if I would tell somebody who came to me in that same position and was like, you know, all this is going on. If I would tell them to stay, I don't know if I would Um, but I did just because it was so, so, so much fun to me. And like, it was what I wanted to do all my life, but also wrapped up in that is like, I'm going to get a little deep here. Mm -hmm. It's like this, I was, I was the achiever in the family, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I was the one who, you know, parents bragged about I mean they bragged about all the kids but like oh my daughter works at Google my, my mom would love to tell people that yeah, yeah my, my baby girl works at Google you know and so there is that in it 
And also there's like the, the thing where like in the U.S., a lot of, a lot of black people, I don't want to say all, but a lot of black people don't have generational wealth. Right. And, and so if there is somebody who in the family has now positioned themselves to be able to be the safety net for the family, that is now their role, right? Mm -hmm. You are the safety net for when some, some members of the family can't pay their light bill. You are the safety net for when some members of the family can't pay rent when they need to put food on the table. Like that's your job now. Like that's who you, that's who you are. That's what you do. And like, you can't let your family down in that way. And so there is some of that wrapped up in it. It's like, well, I can't really get out of here. Uh, Just because like, there's so much riding on my shoulders. And that's a story for so many people, so many black people in tech, so many of us who just like, we have we have to be the one to support our family because nobody else can or will. Right. No, right? I I totally agree with that. Um, I think it's interesting. I wrote down um, just so you know, I'm taking notes. Yeah. Um, I wrote down that your love for tech was greater than your disdain for what happened to you in mm-hmm. tech. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is probably the story for a lot of women um, mm-hmm. of color is that mm-hmm. we love what we do mm-hmm. enough to endure. Right. And then when you, when you, th- when you, when you think about and like, so you, you know, that's sort of the drill down version, but then mm-hmm. when you sort of, you, you go and get the, you know, the hundred thousand feet level, it, mm-hmm. it is about, okay, I want to be able to take care of my family. I want to be mm-hmm. able to be the catalyst for, you know, a change within my family in terms of generational wealth, yeah. making sure that we are, we are safe, we're happy, we're healthy, and we can, we can sustain it. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think all of those, those pieces are um, important. Right. And I don't know that those pieces get talked about enough. Right. Um, as we are dealing with like what actually happened to, to us in tech, cause it's mm-hmm. not, it's not right. Um, yeah. It is not correct. Um, I think that there actually needs to be more of an effort to really deal with the cultural shifts mm-hmm. that need to occur so that women in general, but women mm-hmm. of color, uh, others, you know, the, cause mm-hmm. they like to other us yeah. um, are comfortable in spaces. Um, yeah. I think by now I would like to believe that um, they know and or understand that mm-hmm. um, it is not a matter of ability. It's not. I think, no. you know, I mean, so it's, there are it's, some people who still believe that, though. Yes, unfortunately, <sighs> that's that's so true that there are there are still people who believe. And this is both men and women, mm-hmm. male and female, who believe mm-hmm. that there are gendered roles. So there are things yeah. that women should be able to do mm-hmm. and things that are that roles that women shouldn't be able to do. And, men, and that there are roles that only men can do. Right. right. And so which I find to be just so foreign. Um, but mm-hmm. still, so anytime I'm, I'm, it happens, you know, I butt up against it. I'm always thrown off my game. Yeah. I'm like, wait, 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 what? Yeah. Right. You think what now? He's <laughs> saying words and I don't understand them. Uh-uh. Yeah. It does not compute. Yeah. Um, and it's such a challenge, especially, you know, because that shows up in the, in, in how we can do our work. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we, 
We spend so much time and energy navigating around people's biases or trying trying to avoid their biases, avoid the stereotypes, trying, you know, it's a tightrope walk where like for me as a, a leader, like I have to walk a very fine line between, you know, being showing up and like being assertive and 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 leading a team versus like people's expectation that I'm going to be like the sassy bossy black lady or the angry black lady or whatever stereotypes they have about black women. Like I have to like navigate that. And it's such a fine line that it's hard to like, you know, it takes up so much mental energy, so much processing, like our process in mental processing to like do that, that we are not, we cannot, we are, it is, we are, it is impossible for us to like, focus all of our energy and attention on, 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 the on actual, our job. Yes. On the actual work, on the actual work. I think about like what, man, you think, like where black people could be, black women could be in this world, in our society. If we did not have to like deal with all of that every day, mm-hmm. if we could just focus all our energies and attentions on actually doing our work, on actually advancing, being successful, achieving whatever we want to be, you know, like if we could focus on what our passions are, what makes us happy, number one, we'd be a whole lot healthier as a people, right? Like be a lot less stress. You know, they talk about the stress that shows up in a DNA. There'd be a lot less of that. And there'd be a lot, just a lot more like fulfillment and success and just all of it. If we didn't have to deal with the biases, the stereotypes. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I told wholeheartedly agree with what yeah. you're saying. Um, yeah. I, I, so there is in right now where we are mm-hmm. um, in, in the world, mm-hmm. there is, of course, there's a whole anti-racist um, sort of it, that whole yeah. movement, Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things are are where we currently are. Yeah. Um, I think I want to, the question I want to ask is, has more to do with, is it, whose responsibility is it really? I think that's the question for me. I mean, because, yeah. you know, because to me, I'm like, there is, and, and this is going to sound like an excuse and I don't, or maybe it's not, but it's going to sound a certain kind of way. And I don't mean mm-hmm. it to like, cause I'm a, I'm a fully grown Black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love myself. I love being black. I love being a woman. With yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, so I'm there is nothing you can do about being black or being a woman. So when you right. walk into a place, mm-hmm. you come in with that full knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so is it your responsibility to act and or bend yourself into a pretzel to accommodate the thoughts, feelings, agendas, stereotypes, whatever else of other people, whether those people are your boss or people that you are leading. Right. And I'm asking the question because it, it's, it's like, to me, it's, it's like, I, I cannot be everything to all people. Like hundred percent. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, totally. I don't know how else, how to be anything else. Right. Than Natasha Anderson, who is a black woman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it is our responsibility. I don't think it should be our responsibility to bend ourselves into like the shape or mold that, you know, is expected of us. 
comma, <laughs> uh, there's a thing we had a, a saying we had at Google that someone did something. It's like, that's a career limiting move, right? <laughs> and I think if like, because of the world we live in, like you, you can choose to bend yourself or you can choose to limit your career. Right. Mm. And that's a sad, 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 sad dichotomy. I want to call it like, I wish it was a false dichotomy, but like, that's the reality of the world we live in right now. I think it's like, and, and I, I, I don't want to have to do that. I honestly like, and this is why I'm so passionate about the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging work that I've done. So, so much in the tech industry is just like, it is extremely important to me that those systems be changed. And let me just say, it is not my job to do that work, right? Like I didn't break this system. I am not the controller of the system, right? I am not the, the, of the, the group that has power in the system. I would hope that that group does the work, but until they pick it up and start doing that work, taking ownership of that, I want to continue to do what I can, you know, like at my level, I have some level of power, you know, I want to do what I can to sort of like change the system and not for me, because I know like things don't change that quickly. Right. I want to change it for the people coming behind me. Right. You know, so they don't have to deal with this. I have a niece who very much like wants to be just like TT when she grows up. I want her to not have to deal with what I deal with when she gets here. That's exactly right. That's, that's what I'm on. Right. And so like, A, I want to like, you know, engage people in the idea that this is something that needs to be addressed and B also like help them understand how to get it, like how to, how to do it, how to, how to change the system, help them like shift their mindset such that they know that the system doesn't have to be this way. Cause a lot of people get stuck in like, well, it's been like this all the time. It's always been like this. That is my right. least favorite thing to hear. Right. Like if someone says to me, the reason for doing something is, it's always been this way. That is like, that's yeah. You just expect me to like dig in. Cause I'm going to like, tell me more about that and why, and why is that a good way? Just because it's all, you know, like is my least favorite thing, but I think that I I want to be hopeful that it can change and that so we don't have to show up and like have to bend ourselves in order to achieve and be successful and advance. We can come in and like, you know, people now say, oh, bring your whole self to work. They don't really mean that. They don't. (laughs) They mean bring your work self to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I hope that we can get to a place where we can bring our whole selves to work. We don't have to bend. I 100% agree with, with that assessment. Um, I think these days when you, you know, people are like, yes, bring your whole self to work. They don't really mean it. Mm -mm. I think when, when, you know, we talk about code switching, Mm -hmm. um, we, I think that, that, and I can only speak for, um, black folks. I think Mm -hmm. we've taken that to a whole nother level because code switching is not just the language we use when we're Mm -hmm. around, you know, Caucasian people. Mm-hmm. It is a whole attitude, a whole look, a whole mm-hmm. persona that we put on when we enter <laughs> when we enter buildings. Um, That's exactly right, because yeah. they have we have to. I don't, it's we've taken it upon ourselves to sort of like break people's stereotypes, break people's notions. Like 
I don't like, I remember when I was small, like we couldn't go out unless like we, if we were going to like certain places, we had to put on our good clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, you had your good clothes, you had your play clothes, you had your church clothes and you had your good clothes and you had your school clothes. Yep. And sometimes your church clothes and your good clothes were the same clothes, but sometimes they weren't. And so like, I just think about like this notion of like, we, they want, we, we, not they, our parents, we wanted to show up and look a, a way, like we couldn't go outside with our hair looking all any sort of way. You know, what is your hair doing, girl? What'd you do there? You know, when you get home, cause you'd have been outside playing right. and hair all over your head. It was because we had to show up and show that we were not what they expected us to be. That's right. That that's, you know, right. So much in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's why I took that breath. It's just like, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. And so mm-hmm. when we're thinking about it in terms of being a black woman in tech, mm-hmm. it, it, it's all of that rolled yeah. into like, this is, this is what I do every day. Right. So when, to me, it's like when black women are saying they're tired, Mm-hmm. When black women are saying that they're utterly exhausted, I don't have the mis- mental capacity to deal with that. Like, yeah. I totally understand it because yeah. they, we have had to, I won't even say they, I'll say we, mm-hmm. um, I was in engineering and it's the same. What did you do? Wait, <laughs> I, tell me I more. was a mechanical engineer for yes. 10 years. And That's so, so cool. that, thank you. Yeah, I, I thought, I think it's still cool. Uh, <laughs> Um, but so totally understand walking in the spaces and being the the first and only uh, understand yeah. that, you know, people were telling me, you know, like there's no role for you here. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't you know the, the questions that it's almost like you you got the job, but mm-hmm. you were still being interviewed like mm-hmm. days and weeks, months, years later. <sighs> so when you, you know, like you have to qualify your existence Ooh. in a space. What a way to put that. You got the job, but you're still interviewing. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I got therapy today because I'm going to talk about that one in therapy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Got the job, but you're still in it. You better say it, Dr. Tasha. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I told, so I get it. I get yeah. it. Um, which is the reason why this pod, this podcast exists at all. Um, it's because I know our stories are important, but just mm-hmm. that very reason, like, you know, your TT, I too am TT. And so my nieces and my nephews, I don't mm-hmm. want this for them. Right. I don't, I don't, they are brilliant. They are smart. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. They are into tech. They're mm-hmm. into all things, you know, all these things they, they want to do. Um, I don't want this experience for them. I don't, yeah. I don't want it for them. So yeah. I'm doing my small part, right. um, small or large. Okay. Whatever. Right. I'm doing my part. Right. To make sure that we we are making a difference um, in in that conversation, same. Um, and so that's yeah. that's the work. Yeah, which, I mean which, that's. Oh, go ahead. Which does lead me to Olay. Um, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, okay, that's the good. whole reason. That's the whole reason why I agreed to do the Olay thing, right? Like, I'm a computer nerd, right? Like, and and when I'm not a computer nerd, like I, I do genealogy. I'm a nerd nerd. And like, usually I'm behind a camera, right? Like I got a whole collection of cameras. I like to take pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually I'm behind a camera taking pictures. So when Olay reached out and it was like, how about being in front of the camera? I was like, are you sure? <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> okay. But are you sure? 
Um, because like that is not, you know, that's not my lane. I'm a, I like to type things and I like to type things and sometimes take pictures. And so, mm-hmm. but the reason I wanted to do it is because I am super like the, when they told me about like the mission, right? Like face the STEM gap is yeah. how they call it. It's like trying to like reduce that gap, trying to show young girls what it looks like. Like you can, you can, you can be a woman and still be an engineer of any sort, right? Be a black woman, any, a woman of any color and be an engineer of any sort. Right. And I was like, I can't not do this. Right. Like this is, this is what it's about for me is like making sure that the young girls coming behind me know that this is for them, that, that they too can be an engineering because, you know, for a long, a lot of time, uh, I think it, like if you watch TV, you did not see any black women doing those like engineering computer science roles. If we had a role, a character on television, it was, you know, the sassy best friend. Yep. We had the sidekick. Yeah. The sidekick. If we were sassy or we were magical or we were both right. Like mm-hmm. we solve all your problems and wrap it up in 30 minutes. Done. Um, right. But never did we see them in like, you know, in the roles of like being software engineers, being, you know, like chemists, mechanical engineers, right? right? We didn't see us in those roles. And it's like, all right, well, I need young girls to know that this is available for them. Look, see it, you could be it, right? Because yeah. yes. there weren't that many of us. We, you and I, happen to be like, you know, just so dedicated, so nerdy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes, that that we're just like we're gonna do this anyway. Um, but like it's it's so much easier for young girls when they can see that they too can be that, right? Yeah. They can see the women in those roles. And so that's why I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna be real uncomfortable. There is a shoot I had to do, and the photographer's like, uh how about move more? And I was just like, ah, I'm stiff. I don't know what to do. You don't understand that I'm used nerd, to being but... behind a computer. <laughs> you this know? Is, this, can you capture me in my full <laughs> real element, ma'am? Right. Sir? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was uh, but you know, it was super for me uncomfortable because it's not my chance. And you know, you know, like I'm again used to being behind the computer, but it was so important to do. And I'm so glad that Ole reached out because I think. I mean, not even I think I know I've heard from young girls who who saw that campaign are like, oh, my gosh, like a little girl wanted to interview me for I did it already. But she interviewed me for her school project because she saw me in that campaign. And I'm like, that's what it's about. Yes. Yes. I reached uh, one girl, just one girl <laughs> with that. You probably well, if you did her, co- you know, you she did her report on you. So you mm-hmm. reach many more girls now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love. Oh, my God. You have just made me smile for the rest of the day. <laughs> Oh, I so just fun. love that. Cause that's, that's, that is why I do what I do. My, like this small, this podcast, mm-hmm. um, it has it's well, it's listenership is growing, um, mm-hmm. by the day, um, as more people have, be, have been discovering it, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is the joy of it, but it's, it's our stories. It's black women's stories. Yes. It's minority women's story. Yeah. Um, and we're getting them out there into the world. Yeah, that's what we need. Because again, if we want to reproduce ourselves, they got to know that we're here first, right? Right, exactly. So, so like you know, the stories of hidden figures and and some of the other women that we're now coming to know about. I was mm-hmm. about 
um, Ursula Burns the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I was like, how come her story still like people still don't know her story. Right. Right. And so like her name gets thrown around a lot. It's in right. articles everywhere. Right. But yeah. like you, when you, you think, you know, Ursula Burns is people are like, uh, the name sounds familiar. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, she was the CEO of Fortune 500, you know, Thank Xerox you. and like yes. did a lot of things like, yeah, why don't we know her? Right. But it's like things like that. So you doing um, Ole is, um, is making the impact. So right. I just, if you didn't know before, you had no now. Well, I appreciate that. There's a a woman I met. I went to Grace Hopper one time and I went and met this black woman who I think her, she had worked at either IBM or AT&T. She's a black woman who had been there like for a long time. And I was like, why don't I already know your name? Like you are one of the the people who came ahead of me, like were, you know, paved the way for me. Like, and it's because we haven't told their stories enough. And I love that we are telling more stories. Her name is Cynthia Lemon for anybody who wants to Look Google her, her, look her up. She, she, she was early at, I believe it was Bell Labs. Um, mm, yeah, okay. it was Bell Labs. And she was early there doing software engineering. Like, look her up. Cause like, she is paving the way for us. Right. Like, and so many others, you know, like the, the still those hidden figures, right. Yeah. Still so many of them. I just like, I'm like, unfortunately that's true. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, there's still some gems out here that we have, um, not discovered yet. Yeah. And so that is part of my, that's, I think that's sort of my, um, my end game mm-hmm. is like, some, you know, I, I want to, I want to interview, I want to keep interviewing um, folks, right. Uh, you know, my folks, our folks, yeah. our family. Yeah. Um, and so, so that those, those women's stories mm-hmm. aren't um, even though they may not fully be told, they mm-hmm. will, they can see and or know that they made a difference. Exactly. Um, so that's oh man. Yeah. Okay. So so we got to wrap things up. We've been talking okay. for a minute, but um, so yeah, it yeah, seems so short. I'm loving this conversation. Always, always. It's like I just keep we keep going. But I told yeah. you that it's like it's gonna be a conversation. This is what I do. Yeah. Um, and I love talking about this. And and you have literally dropped 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 some gems um that I know that my viewers, um, my viewers, my listeners are going to be able to pick up that they're gonna be able to um resonate with and yeah. that they they felt they felt yeah. it. I hope um, so. so where if people are looking for you, mm-hmm. um, if they were looking for you tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. the next day, where are they gonna find where are they gonna find you? Um, they can find me. My website is uh mm-hmm. Um, if find me on Twitter, I'm at Erica Joy, or they can find me on Instagram, I'm at the Erica Joy because somebody else got Erica Joy. How dare they? I know, right? Ugh. But that's all right. My I still got the Erica Joy, so that's where people can find me now love it okay so just so you guys know because you know you know how we do it her bio and all of her um information so if you are looking for her, you, you guys read the show notes <laughs> let me just emphasize that read the, read the show notes read the show notes people um so you'll you'll find her bio you'll find her linkedin information i'm gonna have a twitter information i'm have it all um so it'll be there um because you will have heard it during the episode, but then you're like, oh man, I think I, I want her to come speak someplace and then you won't know where to read the show notes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so um, the last question that I will ask that mm-hmm. I will pose to you is mm-hmm. if you could go back in time mm-hmm. and talk to your younger self, 
Mm-hmm. What advice would you give her and why? Um, I would tell her to buy real estate mm. in the Bay Area. <laughs> in the Bay Area, huh? Yeah. Well, okay. buy real estate somewhere. This is one of the things. I mean, aside from, you know, the standard, like, keep going. I know it's rough right now, but it's going to get better. You know, you're, what you want you can have, don't let anybody tell you you can't have it. Right. That's a standard. Like that's what I would always tell myself. Also another one is like, go and talk to your grandparents and that's for everybody listening right now. Literally go and talk to your grandparents, record it. Maybe just go talk to them, ask them, Hey, what was it like when you were growing up? What did you like to do after school? You know, like, what was it like going to school? Cause for a lot of us, for me, at least like my dad, when he went to school, and my grandparents, when they went to school, it was it was segregated still, right? Like, yeah, it's like they have a world of stories. So that's what I tell myself is like, talk to your grandparents while they're still here. Oof. Um, love all those. Yeah, love all those. but but also like buy some real estate because number one, real estate is always a good investment. But also like when you get older, you're gonna have this dream of like making a whole big section of someplace somewhere where you can put your whole family and you can all live together. Oh, now that's, that's actually true. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually true. So yes, I love this idea. So keep going. It gets better. Talk to your elders, um, you know, uh, and then buy real estate, a lot of it. Buy real estate. I mean, just because if you don't do anything with it, you can sell it and it will mature, but also like, you're going to want to put all your family in one place so y'all can all be together. So your, 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 the cousins can grow up together so you can have your own separate houses, but still be close by one another. Right. Right. I yeah. love this. I love this. Build a community for yourself because having community is going to be so important. So important as you uh, are. Now that right there, that's a drop the mic moment. So yeah. we will leave it there. All right. um, I do want to, again, I want to thank you um, for just agreeing to be a guest on the show today for happy to dropping here. nuggets just all sorts of big, you know, profound nuggets. And for um, just a great, just the conversation today. I, yeah. I've loved every bit of it. So thank Ditto. you. I fully enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk. Um, this is just, yeah, I'll tell you more about this later, but like, I'm just really, really excited to be here. Really excited to talk to you. Really excited just like we had this opportunity. So thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. To the listening audience, um, you guys, this one I already know is going to, um, this one's going to be special. I feel like this is one of those ones you're going to have to listen to multiple times to to really pick up and get all of the nuggets. And I don't say that because I really want you to listen multiple times. I mean, I do, but but because it was just so, so good. Um, so as, as we do, um, every time I really want you guys to keep yourselves safe, um, and keep yourselves well till we meet again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stemming in Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. 
thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stimming in Stilettos.